the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia for boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds. WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100, get $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast Sunday edition. Yes, the first Sunday edition. You know me, you know the voice on the guys. Me, really, Rovin Lenrot Terrell from a junior here at your service. And got my guy Delonte Smith with me. Delonte, what's going on? What's up, man? Uh, looking forward to breaking down the car. Hopefully, bounce back. Lost the lock and dog yesterday. But I think overall, podcast did pretty good yesterday. Um, I'm, I wasn't sure what – I can't remember Scott and Munaf's uh, lock and dog. But I think, um, I think everything else that we gave out was pretty good. Yeah, I mean – I don't know how you lost the lock in the dog. You had two system plays Sunday, <laughs> system Saturday. System Saturday was a go. All systems go. Doesn't matter. Utah gets the outright win as a dog. Miami does not get the win or a cover as a favorite. It was it was easy. Like it, the writing was on the wall. And I was very disappointed to come here and see people talking about, oh, the Bulls just played double overtime. The Bulls just did this. The Bulls just did that. Where it doesn't matter because guess what? You had Miami as a favorite. You knew what to do with Miami as a favorite. It was pretty clear and obvious what to do with Miami as a favorite. Those felt those loyal listeners and my clients, my clients knew no matter whether I was on the show or not, they knew what to do when they saw Miami as a favorite. So it didn't matter. It did not matter. <laughs> Bulls plus three, Bulls money line. It was never in doubt. It wasn't even close. Yeah, Absolute train wreck yeah. by the Chicago Bulls in that game. You can't bet the Bulls, but you can bet them when Miami is a favorite. Clearly <laughs> you can. All right. Let's go ahead and get into today's slate. Trying to make this quick and get the games on the board. We have first game up on the slate. The Denver Nuggets go, and they're playing the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn. Nuggets 5-5 in their last 10 games. Opened up as two-and-a-half-point favorites. That line is now down to two. 228 is the total. That's come down from 231. Injury report for these two teams, and we have for the Denver Nuggets, it looks like a pretty clean injury report for them. I don't have anything to report, whereas for the Brooklyn Nets, relatively clean for them. The only thing that you don't see is Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, as you know, is clearly out for the rest of the season, no matter how much they keep saying that. Uh <laughs> I don't think that, he's gonna be on the team in uh, in the offseason. I think like the first day that he's open to be traded or released, I think they're just gonna get rid of him. Ben Simmons should watch more anime and start prepping his Japanese for when he goes overseas. <laughs> Konichiwa, Ben Konichiwa. That is the first thing you need to know when you get overseas because your days in the NBA obviously look like they're pretty much numbered here. So you might want to start tapping into some different languages. All right, Denver Nuggets lane two. What are you doing? Uh, yeah, man, I don't really trust Denver right now. They're pretty much reeling down the stretch. Uh, one and four ATS in the last five, and uh, they blown several leads. They just blew a lead to your Knicks, and uh, Jalen Brunson closed it out uh, last night. That was a pretty good game by them. Um, and I, I just they just don't look right. I don't know what it is. Um, they're just not focused down the stretch. They'll have stretches where they'll look great, like they have been looking for the entire season for the most part, but then. They'll break down in the end. Um, they lost at home versus Brooklyn last, I think, like a week ago. I think exactly a week ago they lost. They didn't cover. They were nine-point favorites. Uh, they were down 11 going into the fourth quarter. They used the big fourth quarter to, you know, kind of claw back. But, I mean, they just don't look right offensively. They are top three uh, from an offensive rating perspective. But in the last five games at night, don't seem like a big deal. But, I mean, you're dropping six spots and you depend so much on that offense, then that's, that's a pretty big deal. Um, Brooklyn – They've been feisty as of lately, three and two straight up in ATS uh, the last five, but they have lost and failed to cover the last two. Uh, pretty inconsistent. 
you know, they've scored like 120 plus in back-to-back games, and then they've struggled getting the, getting the offense going, scoring 96 and 107. So kind of a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team. Um, it should be a good spot for Brooklyn, but you no, know, with Denver, you know, with Denver off back to back, but I just don't trust either team at the moment. But if I had to, I'd lean to the Nets. All right. Uh, yeah, Denver off back to back is slightly concerning. And honestly, my issue with Brooklyn is the fact that when you watch this Brooklyn team, they actually have some of the worst fourth quarters that I've ever seen. And yeah, I talked about it in that game. There's yeah. other games where they've blown the game in the fourth quarter. And that's really the only hesitation that I ever have of taking Brooklyn is the fact that right now they have a they have an issue of closing out games. And I think that is also is honestly just what's the word I'm looking for. It's really just the personnel and the fact that they don't have anybody that's been a closer before. Like everybody on this team has always had to defer to somebody else in the fourth quarter. And that's kind of what happens when you put a team full of glorified role players together. And now they're trying to create their own stride as their own players. And so Spencer Dinwiddie normally had to, you know, defer to somebody else. Mikel Bridges definitely had to defer to somebody else so now those two guys are the top guys and they got to figure it out in the fourth quarter of when we need a bucket to go get the bucket so uh here's a play that i i will say that i like and i backed it for the knicks yesterday and i'm gonna come back and back it again here for the nets because the nets have been pretty good at home in their last 10 games and that is the first quarter spread so in the last 10 games the nets are seven and three at home in the fir- in the first quarter, whereas the last ten games on the road, the Denver Nuggets are three and seven, and so not good numbers there for the Nuggets. One plus one equals two. Nuggets start slow on the road. Brooklyn starts fast at home. I'm gonna take Brooklyn to go ahead and get it done in the first quarter. Now I'm not going for the first half because. As I saw yesterday, the Nuggets actually a really good second quarter team. So if you do like the Nuggets, you may be able to get something going with the Nuggets in the second quarter and get a better line for them. But I'm going to take the Brooklyn Nets to get out early and try to establish themselves at home against the number one team in the Western Conference. So first quarter for the Nets, I will actually lean nuggets for this game to go ahead and get the win just because i'm concerned about the fourth quarter woes for the brooklyn nets and they almost blew that game last week they're still sitting on the mind of the denver nuggets so that was really i think that was the game that jump started the losing streak for them actually i'm not 100 certain it might have been a game before that but yeah, but uh, let me see. Was that the game that jump started this uh, losing yeah, streak? Look, no, no, it wasn't. It was the San Antonio game. San Antonio game started. So no, it was actually the Chicago game. But either way, they kind of you know had opportunities at home. Had opportunities at home to close this out. This game was a week ago. It's still fresh on the mind of players. I think that they'll come back out here and be ready to go. So I will slight lean to the to the Denver Nuggets for the full game, but I am on the Brooklyn Nets to get it done in the first quarter. All right. 228 is the total. That's come down three points. What do you like? Yeah, I'd lean to the over, thinking that Brooklyn, like you said, performs better a lot uh, at home. Uh, Denver, while they have been struggling offensively, this Nets team does have some holes that they can exploit, like defending the three. Brooklyn's not as good defending the three. Um some of the things they can do with Joker against Claxton is is pretty advantageous uh, for them. So I'd lean to the over, thinking both teams get up a lot of threes and, and try to get up and down here. The only thing that kind of startles me is, you know, the Nuggets getting off to a slower start um, coming off that back-to-back. I mean, not much travel, obviously. N- no travel at all, probably. But um, you still just weary on back-to-back days, and it's got to be in their head how bad they're playing. So I'd lean to the over. Uh, nothing strong, though. Yeah, I am going with an under in this spot, and it's really because Brooklyn is at home, and Brooklyn's defense has been a lot better at home. When we look at their past six home games, you have Philly, 101, Miami, 105. There you do have a Milwaukee at 118. That's okay. Uh, And then you keep coming down the list, and you have Charlotte at 86 points. You have... uh, 
uh, where are we at? Sacramento at 101. That's really good for a Sacramento offense that earlier this week they held them to 101 points. So they play a lot better defense. And again, we talked about it earlier. There is some question marks on this Brooklyn Nets team on the offensive side of the ball at times where they can get very stagnant. You've seen last week where Jacques Vaughn just straight up said the starters aren't giving us any production. We're benching all the starters. And so now you have you know, question marks. I talked about the fourth quarter where I really don't know what I'm getting from the Brooklyn Nets in the fourth quarter. I'm seeing, uh, like I said, the line dropped three points and I understand why. And I think that this is, you know, first game went to 142. I think that these teams play a little bit better defense. Brooklyn Nets, definitely a lot better defense Mm -hmm. at home. I don't think it takes much for the Nuggets to get the Brooklyn Nets rattled on offense. So I'm going to go under here. I think this is under game. All right. And for player props, any player props for this one? Uh, yeah, I like Michael Porter Jr. over two and a half threes. Uh, he hasn't been shooting it well his last two games. So he's three of 14 or four of 14. Um, so hasn't been seeing the ball go through as much. But I like the matchup for him. He's still over in three of the last five. Um, I think you. I think you have a bounce back game. It's pretty much a, a Michael Porter game to me. I think they they little they literally run the offense through him uh, today. And uh, just to get Joker some some time off the ball. So, Michael Porter Jr. over two and a half threes. Also, like Claxton, points and rebounds over 21 and a half. No rim protection for Denver, um, the 29th in rim defense. And Claxton, you know, he's been killing it as of late. Uh, he's go- He went over this number in three of the last, in four of his last five, got three straight double doubles, um, 12, 12 or more rebounds, and five of the last seven. So, he should clean up on the glass and uh, get some putbacks in the process of doing that. All right, I am looking for something that I can't find. How do we want to attack this? I think I'm just going to go very, very chalk in terms of player props. And, I mean, Nikola Jokic prop is at 25 and a half. Now we know he isn't, like, what he hasn't tried to go score the ball all the time. He's actually more concerned about getting triple doubles than scoring the ball, apparently. But and his triple doubles at plus one twenty five, so that's not a bad look. But at some point, you look at what Joel Embiid is doing in Philly, and you look at the fact that you are about to lose a third time MVP out out of your hands because he's absolutely going insane. And at some point, competition gets to you. And you're tired of losing. And you sit here and you say, I got to be the best player for my team. And I got to make sure that I pull us through this. And when you look at the personnel on this net side of ball, you sit there and say, no, really, any of them can guard me. Like, to be honest, none of them can truly guard me. I can get whatever I want against every single person on this team. So I'm going to go with Jokic over 25 and a half points. And I think I'm actually going to ladder that for the early slate. And just saying that, all right. Joe and B, anything you can do, I can do better. And the fact that I have a good matchup here, yeah, Nick Claxton is a pretty solid defender, but I can, I'm quicker than him. I can get around him. I can uh, step back and shoot over top of him. I can do a lot of things. And so, honestly, I think this is kind of a Jokic feeling himself kind of game where he just kind of gets going early on in the game and starts scoring a bunch of points. So, Typically known as a passer, not as much as a scorer dropping a heavy workload. I feel like that this is a task that Jokic feels good stepping up to, seeing everything that Joel Embiid is doing across town, seeing his team going on this incredible losing you know, slide that they are, where the only game that they have won was against the Detroit Pistons. Is that really count? So, so, yeah, if I'm Jokic, I'm going in here and I'm taking the game over. Jokic over 25 and a half points. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Phoenix Suns going to play the Oklahoma City Thunder. Where? Sound the alarms. The Oklahoma City Thunder are one-point favorite. Opened up at minus three Phoenix. Bet all the way to minus one OKC. 234 and a half is the total. That has stayed true. Well... With that line movement, you got to think Devin Booker is out, right? Wrong. <laughs> For the Phoenix Suns, DeAndre Ayton is out with the hip injury. Landry Shabbat is probable with a foot. Kevin Durant is still on IR with that ankle injury. And for the Oklahoma City Thunder, Kenrich Williams, Pokoszewski, you know, they are out for extended amount of time. 
So you still have Devin Booker on this Suns team, but you're getting one at OKC. Yeah, I mean, the number is like, a. I don't know. It seems a little off. Like, so the Suns closed 11 and a half at home, and that was with no SGA, of course. So, and then that was the game that KD got injured in the pregame. So, I mean, they the odds makers did adjust. So they closed 11 and a half. Now they're getting, what you said, one? I see some one and a half, too. So I don't know. It might be an over adjustment. I mean, I don't think you can get. I think, don't think you can go from eleven and a half with home court, SGA, and just eight and out. I don't think that's worth like what 12, 12 and a half points. Um, so that's kind of odd to me that this you know that number is just kind of off. But um, I mean, the Phoenix they haven't been playing well as of late. They failed to cover four straight games. They have been playing a tough schedule, but I mean, offensive rating wise, they're like nineteenth in the last five games when they're really sixth on the entire season. So that just goes to show that their offense has been struggling as of late. Uh, they did, like, route Oklahoma City in that game by 31. Um, and like I said, they covered as 11.5-point dog. But, I mean, 11.5-point favorite. But, I mean, eight and being out does hurt them uh, because the Oklahoma City's weakness is the interior. So, I mean, I guess they're going to rely on Biombo. And I guess they post Devin Booker up a little bit more on those on those guards. Uh, Oklahoma City at home, we all know that they're really good. Uh, three and two straight up in ATS the last five. What I like about the team is they've been playing better defensively as of late. First in defensive rating last five games, allowing under 110 points in, in that span. Uh, so I kind of like the under here. I think it'll be a low possession game with both teams you know, slowing that ball down a little bit. But as for the side, I probably just lean to Phoenix just on the sheer fact that I don't get why this number moves so much. But um, nothing strong, really. Uh, I'll see how far it moves in, in the Thunder's direction and then probably be on the Suns money line or something. I mean, it's pretty clear and obvious. DeAndre Ayton is out. That is worth 10 points for this Phoenix <laughs> Suns team because DeAndre Ayton <laughs> right. is the core of this team. And no, so ultimately the fact is, one, the OKC is playing a lot better ball in terms of right now. And they are fighting for a playoff spot. They are in the playoff hunt. You're going to get and with SGA in the lineup, they're not a tanking team. Now, when he's out, I 100% which you fade them. They're tanking. It doesn't matter. But he's in the lineup. He's playing in this game. And when you look at the with DeAndre Ayton out of the lineup, you lose that rebounding edge. Because while DeAndre Ayton does only really go for the soft rebounds, he is a lot better than what Bizak, Biombo, and even Jock Londale give you rebounding the basketball. Those guys are not good rebounders. They're really not. You And so you lose the edge that you had in this game, which was on the boards, which is has been a thorn in the side of the Oklahoma City Thunder for literally the entire season. They have no size to combat with that. And so while you still do have two seven-footers in Biombo and Jock Londale, they're not giving you the athleticism and what DeAndre Ayton was giving you. And so that kind of evens things out a little bit closer to the OKC side. You're losing some of that rim protection with DeAndre Ayton. I can see a lot of points in the paint, a lot of drives for Josh Giddy, a lot of drives for SGA. SGA been really, really good against the Suns this season, 29 and 31 points. And so I'm going with Oklahoma City Thunder here. And we've seen this Phoenix Suns team and what they look like when some of their core guys are out. They were a glorified playing team, and we were talking about the fact that they potentially could not make the playoffs. And so then guys started getting healthy. Trade of Kevin Durant comes in. Guys are reinvigorated. They start going on a run. They start looking like a playoff team again. However, it, yeah, I don't know. Okay, I think OKC wants this one a little bit more, especially at home. Early game at home. It's not prime time, but you're it, a lot of eyes – are on you in the stadium because if the fact is it's March Madness, so if you're going to an NBA game, you're a hundred percent locked in right now. Hardcore like, fan, hardcore. like you are hardcore, hardcore locked in right now. If you're hardcore. going to an NBA NBA game and it's March Madness going on, so I think that OKC is going to be really, really hyped for Phoenix coming in this game, and the players are going to eat off of that. So I like the Oklahoma City Thunder to get it done today. Total sitting at two thirty four and a half. What are you doing? Yeah, I'd lean under. Um, uh, like you know, the first, the first in defensive rating in the last five games, as I mentioned, they're just Oklahoma City just playing extremely well defensively. Three of their last five have went under, and they've held each of those opponents in those three unders to under 110 points, and two of them under 100. 
So they've been playing well defensively. Phoenix, while they've struggled offensively, they've still been playing to their standard on, on the defensive end. So I think not having Aiden kind of, you know, takes away their their main strength, but I think they'll still be able to score in, in some facet of the game, but just not as efficient against his Thunder defense, who's going to be locked in as of late. So, uh, yeah, give me the under in this game. Hmm. I hate to go against you again, but I'm going against you again. Because <laughs> I think that I think that I don't know. I think those defensive stats for the Thunder are you know, you gotta look a little bit deeper in that. Last five games they played Toronto and gave up 128 to Toronto. Three mm-hmm. games before that, Brooklyn, San Antonio, and New Orleans. And which one of those offenses really scare you again? Yeah, that's true. Yikes. And then game before that is the game they played Phoenix, where they gave up 132 points when Kevin Durant was injured in the beginning of the game. So the and I'm about to talk about why I think that offensively they're not going to miss DeAndre Eaton too, too much in a second. They're going to miss him a little bit, but not too, too much. But I, I think that this open, no Aiton. that's another big guy out of the way that can open up a lot of things for them, for the Oklahoma City Thunder to get some easy looks at the basket, especially if they start getting other big men in foul trouble. So I, I think that there's going to be scoring in this one. I'll take the over 234 and a half. And prop-wise, I kind of teased it just then. I want to find a Jock Londale prop, and I'm determined to find one before the game starts. Because when you look at Londale before – when you look at Londale without – yeah, here it is. So it's over six and a half points at minus 108. If you look at his last couple of games without DeAndre Ayton in the lineup, he has 15 minutes, 23 minutes, 17 minutes, 24 minutes. Those are, well, matter of fact, we'll go last five. So last five games, he has 15 minutes, 23 minutes, 17 minutes, 24 minutes, 23 minutes. In those five games, he has 15, 12, 10, 11, and six. So when you, and when you watch him, he actually makes some plays. Like he actually make like makes some plays in the post, makes some plays down low. He eats off of Chris Paul and gets on the uh, pick and roll and rolls to the basket, gets an easy layup. Like he has some talent offensively where he's not just standing out there like Bismack Biombo really looks like he's doing a lot of the time. And so I think that of course Biombo is going to get the start. Wondell's going to get his fair share of minutes. I think six and a half is a little too low for the Oklahoma City Thunder who won don't have an inside presence at all and two Londale who actually has been playing good in the absence of DeAndre Ayton so Jock Londale over six and a half and if you can get that at 10 I like that a lot yeah honestly um I'm in agreement with you on Londale and also like Bismack Biombo over six and a half points at plus you think you get like plus 106 plus 107 he'll get a lot of rim runs uh you get a lot of lives from uh Chris Paul so I like him over especially he's going to get probably about you know, 20 to 25 minutes in this game. Hopefully he can stay out of foul trouble. He should be at an advantage with some putbacks and stuff with the smaller lineup. So I like uh, six and a half points for Biombo over um, at plus. You can get like plus 108, plus 107, something like that. So at plus money, I think it's a, a really good look. All right. And for OKC, I'm going back to my guy. You know I'm not. I can't stay away from my guy too much. SGA, 30 and a half points. He has 31 he had 29 versus the Suns this season. And like I said, I think that with DeAndre Ayton out and with it just being Biombo and Londale, I don't think either one of them are going to commit to to Biombo will a little bit much. And that's how he ends up getting in foul trouble. So that's the only reason I kind of wanted to stay away from Biombo props because I could see him getting in early foul trouble trying to slow down Shea Gilgis Alexander. However, I think that still completely opens things up for him. I see Terrence Ross over five and a half points here. I like Terrence Ross to have a good game in this one as well. They're going to need to find some other forms of offense, especially if the bigs aren't able to contribute and Chris Paul can't get their big men going. I think they need to find more ways of offense. And I think that he has a really good matchup with the second unit of the Oklahoma City Thunder. So I want Terrence Ross to have a really good game here as well. I can get you five and a half on that. I see five and a half at a few places. I thought, I thought that's what I said, five and a half. Oh, I thought you said six and a half. I'm sorry. Oh, no, yeah, five and a half. Okay, that's yeah, yeah, five yeah, and a half. yeah, that's a good that's a good number. And uh, let's see here. Anything else that I like? No, I think – and oh, uh, no, 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 no. Where's my guy from OKC? Uh, 
You go with Isaiah Joe threes? No, no, no. I need Jay Will. I need Jay Will rebounds. Jay Will rebounds over uh, five what? and a half at plus one oh eight. Jay Jay Awa, the, the center or the, the go or the guard? No, the center. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think well, the guard. He's a forward. Games. Yeah, yeah. I like I like both J Dub and J Will. All right. Anything else for OKC and the Thunder? Nope. Not at all. And before we get to the next game of slate, I'm going to talk to you about our presenting sponsor and the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and that is WinBet. WinBet is now live in Massachusetts, along with a ton of other states. So be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, where you can get the marquee games of the week for better odds than anyone out and giving you a larger payout. Plus, March Madness is still here, and you can bet it. At win bet sign up today receive a special offer bet hundred dollars get hundred dollars limited to state availability plus make sure you hit the longest parlay of the week because if you do you can get a thousand dollar free credit so much choose from all you have to do is head over to sport to winbet.com or download the WinBet app all of a sudden change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be touring older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available if you or somebody knows a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 all right, moseying on to the next game of the slate. We have the Atlanta Hawks on the road going to play the San Antonio Spurs. Hawks are laying nine and a half. and a half is the total. That's actually come down two points from 245 and a half. 243 and a half is the total. Injury report for these two teams and for the Atlanta Hawks. We have Trey Young, who is questionable with the knee injury. What is he not questionable with now these days? And Jalen Johnson is still on the injury report with a hamstring injury. He is questionable. Whereas these San Antonio Spurs, oh boy. All right, Jeremy Sochan, Sohan, <laughs> whatever. Jeremy Sohan, you have Devontae Graham. They are out. I didn't know Julian Champagne. Champagne? I can't remember. That's the old boy from, uh, from St. John's. John's. Yep. Yeah, I didn't know he was on the squad. Well, exactly. he in the G League, but still, he on the squad. Okay. All right, so Sohan and Graham are out. You have McDermott and Collins, who are questionable. Base stop is doubtful. Romeo Langford is not on the injury report. You are laying nine and a half on the road with the Atlanta Hawks. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm not laying anything with Atlanta anywhere. Uh, I don't trust the I don't trust them. I don't trust the Spurs to not blow the game and potentially a cover like they did against Memphis. I don't know if you did you watch that game or did you see anything like they were up nine with I think like under ninety seconds left in the game and they ended up going to overtime, almost losing the cover. They lost by six, and it was I mean all was, because of Zach Collins. It was. I mean, it was a tank job. Yeah, it like was, that. That's why if you listen to the show and you caught my dog of Spurs first half at two to one, then you cash nicely and you weren't worried about the end of the game because you knew the Spurs are doing a tank job. Yeah, I, so I don't trust either either side. Um, it, I mean, Dejounte Murray probably have a big game. I think this might be the first time he's returning to play the Spurs. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I, I got to look into that. But I, I don't trust them either team. I'll probably be sitting this one out. Even though the numbers high, lean to the over. Both teams allowed 120 plus in three of the last five games. Um, four of the Spurs last five went over. Three of the Hawks last five went over. They're playing better offensively as of um, since Quinn has been there. A little bit more flow. Uh, he's got to implement some of his stuff. I guess it's it's more complicated than probably they've ever seen. So it's going to take some time. It probably won't get you know really hardcore until next season. But I mean they have looked expansionally better. Um, with Quinn there. So lengthy over, even though it's a big number, I will pass on the side. If I had to, I'd probably just lean to the Spurs. All right. And so, well, I mean, it's pretty obvious. I'm pretty sure everybody should know what I'm doing. If you've been listening to the show long enough, if you have it, it's okay. It's perfectly fine. I will let you know. Because I'm not laying points with the Hawks on the road. I'm definitely not laying, what, double digits with the Hawks on the road? Absolutely not. Why would I ever lay points with the Hawks on the road? The Hawks, come on now. And Dylan just put it in the chat. Four and eight as an away favorite for the Atlanta Hawks. And so, no, I'm really, really good on that, by the way. Like, extremely good. 16 and 20 on the road. 16 and 20 straight up this season. 
I'm not laying like it was so it's pretty much as simple as that. I'm not laying that number with the Hawks. However, I will tell you how I am playing this game because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Guess what we're doing? <laughs> we're taking the Spurs in the first half money line because the Spurs are a taking team that still want to play basketball. Like they still have some type of integrity for the sport in playing the game of basketball. And what does that mean? That means that they play and they get up early. So Atlanta, four and six ATS in the first half on the road of their last 10 games, four and six on the money line on the road in the first half in their last 10 games. It's pretty simple there. One plus one equals two. I'm going to take the San Antonio Spurs to go out there and put together a very good home effort in the first half of this game. I still like what the Spurs are doing in terms of the lineup right now. And uh, now, you know, uh, you still have Kelton Johnson and Devin Vassell in that lineup. Trey Jones, they've actually uh, moving Malachi Branham into the starting lineup. So I don't know if we're going to get Trey Jones starting or if this is going to be another Trey Jones coming off the bench game and Malachi Branham. But Malachi Branham's been playing really, really good basketball. And so I expect for Atlanta to do Atlanta things on the road, try to fight back for a lead. Maybe DeJounte Murray has a good game. This is his first game back in, in San Antonio. So we'll talk about that prop-wise a little bit later. But, yeah, I'm going with the San – and the Spurs are just a petty team. Like, have you not remembered all the times that – DeMar DeRozan has come back into San Antonio, and they've had a really, really good game against DeMar DeRozan and the Bulls. So, you know what? I'm going with the San Antonio Spurs to get that first half money line here. Plus 220 in this game. Plus 220 against the Hawks? Yeah, absolutely. All right. For the total, total is sitting at 243.5. What do you like there? Yeah, I'll probably lean over. I just I don't think that either team is going to get uh, as many stops as as they should. But uh, I just I don't think it's going to be a lot of defense in this game. Um, and now the Spurs, I don't know if they're. Well, I mean the the Hawks. Like I'm looking at their um, like their list of props, and I don't see any players. Do you see any players for the Hawks? That kind of concerns me. I just see Capella points. At a few books that I was looking at, I don't see anything with Dejounte. I think uh, I don't think anybody's going to be up because Trey Trey Young is questionable, and so typically when your top guy is questionable, they're not going to mm-hmm. put any props up because that'll affect you know what everybody has going on. Yeah, because if Trey Young doesn't go, then Dejounte Murray's props are going to go up. You're going to see uh, juice on Collins' props going up. So they're probably just being safe until they figure out what's going on with Trey Young today. Yeah. So. Yeah, I lean to the over. Even with even without Trey, I think they can still score one twenty one twenty easily. Uh, like I said, both teams have allowed one hundred and twenty in three of the last five games, so not not much defense here. So I lean to the over. All right, I am. Um, yeah, I think I got a slight lean to the over as well. I still don't like what the Hawks are doing defensively and the Spurs aren't going to do anything defensively. If the Spurs do maintain a lead in this game or make this competitive, it's because they're putting up a sheer crazy amount of points. So yeah, I'm going to go with you on the over in that spot. <laughs> All right. And props, any props you like in this one? Yeah. I mean, I'll be looking at DeJounte where the trade's in or not. I'll be looking at his points, rebounds and assists. I'll also be looking at, um, I'll also be looking at some Keldon Johnson stuff. He's undersized, but he plays, you know, bigger than what he is. So I like his points and rebounds over. Uh, other than that, that's pretty much all I have. I mean, it's kind of hard to dictate. I wanted to take some some more Atlanta players, but, you know, it's kind of hard to give it out with the status of Trey. So. All right. Let's see here. Yeah, I'm going to John Tamer. If I, I'm going to look at his triple-double, too. Why not? He's back yeah, in San Antonio. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Going back to my guy, Devin Vassell. So I, I'm expect his props have been short and he was able to get there. He didn't have the crazy game that I wanted last time out, but he was able to get there. Now they're pushing him up to 19 and a half. And that's, you can find plus money at that too, for him to get 20 points. Always. I, I you know, definitely sell 20 points used to be my go-to bet. So I'm definitely taking it for plus money here. Malachi Branham is another person I really do like. He's been really, really good. And, it seems like they're either going to stagger the minutes with Trey Jones, maybe share minutes with Trey Jones, but Alakai Brown has been playing really, really well. So I like him to have a really good day. And Trey Jones, especially if he's back in the starting lineup, 
Trey Jones over six and a half assists feels very, very short. And so I will take Trey Jones over six and a half assists as well. I, I'm loading up on Spurs. I think this is a really good Spurs day for them to have a pretty competitive game against DeJounte Murray coming back. If they're going to win a game, it's this one. I'm fairly confident they're going to win a game, it's this one. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Miami Heat on the road laying 10 points in Detroit coming off of an absolute beating from the Chicago Bulls in Chicago. Detroit, another 10-point home dog, 218.5 is the total injury report for these two teams. And you have for the Miami Heat, Kyle Lowry expected to play on a back-to-back, really? Uh All right. Kyle Lowry expected to play. Uh, and for the Detroit Pistons, Marvin Bagley not on the injury report. Isaiah Livers is questionable with the hip injury. Out, Burks is out. That's actually pretty big. And you know you're not going to see any Isaiah Stewart, no Hamdou Diallo, no Bojan Bogdanovic. But you still have Bagley. You have uh, Jalen Duran, who was coming off the bench and in these games and just working himself back into the starting rotation he's actually active for this game i know that we haven't touched on that recently but he is active for this game and unfortunately you have killian hayes still in the starting lineup (laughs) all right oh god you're laying 10 with the miami heat in detroit what are you doing uh not laying 10 with uh miami heat anywhere um I don't trust their offense enough to be able to separate even from a bad Detroit team. Um, like I lean to the under. So I guess like, I guess the right play is to play the underdog because, you know, uh, low totals and underdogs correlate well together, but I just don't trust Detroit at all. I mean, they have some size on the interior that could give uh, Miami some problems, but I just don't trust them at all. I'll lean that way, but I'll probably be passing this game altogether, just looking at some player props. But I'll have to lean to uh, Detroit in in this spot. Well, I mean, I'm glad that you know you learned your lesson from yesterday. And oh no, I didn't. I didn't bet Miami. That was Scott. I didn't bet Miami. No, but you 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 gave out Miami. I I was watching, sir. I said I said I I like his play. I didn't bet it though. I I like. I I watched. I watched the show. (laughs) Everybody on the show took Miami yesterday, which was very. It was a disgusting act, to be (laughs) honest. But everybody on the show took Miami yesterday. It was very very depressing. I was sitting here and you know kind of rocking back and forth in the fetal position just because I couldn't imagine everybody on the show the day that I'm not there deciding that they want to lay points with the Miami Heat no matter what the situation is. But, however, I'm glad that we learned. And I am here to right the ship with everyone and tell you that I don't care if the Heat win this game by 20. I don't. I'm not laying points with the Miami Heat. That is a bad practice. Bad, bad practice. And that is bad juju because if you do it once, you're going to do it again. And when you do it again, it's going to come back to haunt you. We are not going to talk about laying points with the Miami Heat at all until we get to the playoffs. When we get to the playoffs, it's a different story. You have a seven-game series. At some point, you're going to have to lay points with Miami Heat. But we are not talking about this in the regular season. They do not care about covering the game by margin for the regular season. So, my, now, more things to add to it. Miami Heat this season coming off of no rest. They are 4-6-1 and one against the spread. We talk about when these two teams met up earlier this season where Miami was laying 7.5 at home and the Detroit Pistons were able to win that game not only outright but to completely annihilate the Miami Heat winning that game 116-96. Now, you don't have any Bojan here in this game. So, going to be concerned about scoring, but... I trust the Heat to actually not care. Like, I truly trust the Heat to truly not care about them laying 10. And they win the game maybe by 7-8. Maybe even lose the game outright. They might even do that. But I truly trust them not to cover by margin. So, Detroit plus 10. I'll actually sprinkle on the money line as well because it's Miami. Duh. (laughs) All right. Total sitting at 218 and a half. What are you doing here? Yeah, I link to the under. Uh, Detroit has zero offense. Miami offense, not good at all either. The defense is, is still above average, but I just don't trust Detroit to, you know, to score enough, and I don't trust Miami to score over 120. So that pretty much gets me to an under. And like you said, my, I mean, how interested is Miami in – you know, in winning this game by margin or running up the score. They're, they're really not. I don't think their offense is capable of running up the score, even on a bad team. So I lean to the under. 
Yeah, if I were to take anything in this game with Miami as a favorite, I would probably take the first quarter. Probably. I can think I could because, one, Dwayne Casey has admitted that Detroit Pistons have an issue of starting games, though. He has said that. He also said that he's not changing the lineup to make sure that they start games better because he wants to give players the room to develop and grow and so after seeing him say that i kind of told myself that when he has majority of his guys in the lineup i'm just going to fade them in the first quarter so i think that this is actually a good spot for the miami heat to fade them in the first quarter and then get them to a point where they just kind of get on autopilot stop caring about the game and ultimately blow the cover so miami heat first quarter's game is a play that i like i like the under as you said i don't trust the miami heat put up a bunch of points i do have questions about the detroit offense and so that kind of leads me to an under there Player props for this one. Uh, oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Yeah, I like Wiseman points and rebounds. Um, the outside, I mean, the inside, like, presence of the Heat is pretty lacking. I mean, other than Bam, but Bam can pretty much do anything. Um, I think Wiseman could present some problems with his length and aggression. He's over in, like, four. He's over 20 and a half uh, points and rebounds. is like, four of his last five. Let me double check. So, one, two, three, four. Five, six. He's over in six straight, and he's had double-digit rebounds in three of those games. He scored double digits in all six of those games. So I think he's really in line for a double-double here with the uh, with the advantage that he has on the inside. Also, wouldn't hate. Um, I think Dylan just put in the chat about not Dylan. Uh, I got to give the right credit. David from Toronto. He likes uh, Wiseman too. So I'm going with. I mean, I'm going with Bagley and Wiseman both points and rebounds over. All right, I. And I'm going with the Jaden Ivey game. I'm going to watch all. And I'm going with the Jaden Ivey game because they're going to need somebody that's going to be able to score. And Boyan did pretty much everything for them in this meeting earlier in Miami where he had 31 points, 12 for 16 from the field, 7 for 9 from 3. And Jaden Ivey, I think that he's kind of developing. The difference between er, from early on in the season is now is that he's kind of developing into his own player, being able to get to his own spot and really – uh, start to find himself offensively now very inconsistent as he may be on the offensive side of the ball I think this is one of those home games that he can sneakily get up for in a game that you see they're 10 point dogs if they go down early in this game if this actually does go the script that Vegas says it will and Miami completely steamrolls over them I like Jay Ivey to still be out there getting minutes and still have opportunities to do a lot of scoring so I'm actually going to go chalk and I'm going to go with the Jay Ivey game today all right. Uh, I do like Wiseman, though. You can never not sell me on Wiseman props. Durin is the best center on that team, and he just got like deep buried on the bench behind those two. But that's I think it's really just I think it's more of just him working back from it. They're trying to protect him. He's working back from injury. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. That's fair. And I actually. Hmm. Uh, no, I don't know. What, uh, keep an eye on R.J. Hampton. Keep keep an eye on R.J. Hampton if he gets a bunch of minutes in this game. Maybe for those people that lie, bet player props. He, I, I could see R.J. You got to be hardcore DG to bet live player props. And I've done it before, so I'm with you. <laughs> I'm seeing. Do they have an R.J. Hampton prop? I wonder what his – has he been playing? Because somebody's gonna need to score, and he's a guy that can he's a guy that can get past this Miami defense. I just think Miami is really overlooking them in this spot where they just got blown out. They think that they're about to just run in here and, and dominate Detroit, and they they probably won't. All right, next game on the slate we have the New Orleans Pelicans playing the Houston Rockets. This is the second game in a back to back set where the Houston Rockets got a buzzer beater by Jabari Smith Jr. to beat the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, Pelicans are laying five, open up at five and a half, down to five. 227 and a half is the total injury report for these two teams. And for the Pelicans, we have. Oh, where'd my injury report go? Oh, no, I lost it. Okay. Well, I got to get that back. So I don't have an injury report right now. But because how fast I am and how I can just talk through things, I already have it pulled back up. And for the New Orleans Pelicans, we have pretty clean injury report. Only thing is missing is Jose Alvarado and Zion Williamson, as we all know. And for the Houston Rockets, don't have anything to report as well. So you expect to see somewhat full strength for both of these teams. 
Are you backing Houston again after a game winner? Yes, I am. Absolutely. Houston's been playing extremely hard uh, as of late. Uh, it, actually, not even just the last five games, but the last 10 games. They're 6-3-1 ATS in that span. They're 3-0 or 4-0, I'm sorry, ATS the last five. Depending on you know where you grade the close, they could be 5-0, which kind of just depends. I forgot which game it was, but it kind of was like in the middle of the open and the close. So depending on where you wanted to grade it at. Um, you know, they won a few nights back on that game winner, as you mentioned. I think you were on that game, actually. I think you, I, see, I was watching the show and I seen you uh, uh-huh. recommend that. So, uh, you know, they didn't even play well in that game. And the Pelicans shot 48 and 43% from the field in three, and they still couldn't win. So, I mean, you got to think some aggression is coming. They're not going to shoot that well as a like their offense usually is like up one game, down the other game. So, I think the Houston can pose some defensive threats to, you know, limit some of those averages. Um, I just got no idea what to do with the Pelicans as far as from a team perspective. There's too much inconsistency. What I do know with the Rockets that I've been watching with my own four eyes is that they've been playing extremely well, uh, running the court. They've been playing a lot better defensively, too. Um, They're actually 14th in offensive rating in the last 10 games. The Pelicans are 25th. So, I mean, all that stuff is just leads me to the Houston here. I'll put them on the money line. And uh, and also taking a spray because I mean this exact same number with this exact same matchup. So I feel like the Pelicans shot the ball extremely well in that last game and still couldn't get it done. Don't think they'll shoot it well this game. So give me the Rockets. Sprinkle a little bit on money line too. I am. Only reason I'm not going to take the Rockets in this game is by principle of the fact that this is the back-to-back game set. Even though it's pretty much the exact same handicap as the other game. And I saw New Orleans dominate that game for about the first 24 minutes for the most part. And then they just let Houston creep back into that game, get back into a position for the cover, and ultimately blew it. So I'm just going to assume that New Orleans finds a way not to blow this game this time around. I'm going to save myself from betting it in the trouble by just taking New Orleans in the first half, minus two and a half. And – just saying that I think that like I did see good things. I will not sit there and say that I didn't see anything good from New Orleans. I saw good things from New Orleans. However, they just could not close out the game, and they let Houston hang around, hang around, hang around until Jabari Smith was able to hit a last-second three to win the game. So they still are in a playoff hunt. Whether they get there or not, we'll see. But they still are technically in the playoff fight. They do still have something to play for. I'll take them early and get out before they can have any chance of losing my money. So I'll take New Orleans in the first half. But in terms of the show, I will pick New Orleans minus five just because of the back-to-back angle. And that's truly it, but I'm not betting that. All right. 227 and a half is the total. What are you doing here? Yeah, I probably lean a little bit to the over, thinking, like you said, on the back-to-back um like playing thing that they they have they've been doing in the NBA. I think it usually I don't have the data to back this up, but I think it bodes well for an over simply because I mean you already know what kind of what they expect and some of the adjustments that either team is going to make. So that that opens up the offense. So I lean to the over. Um, like I said, the the Houston Rockets have been playing extremely well offensively, top fifteen in offensive rating. If the Pelicans can come out and you know. They're not going to shoot 48 and 43 again, but if they can still get into that percentage, I think like their averages, which I think is around like 38 or 38, 39 from the field and maybe like mid 30s and uh, from the three, I think that there'll be a lot of points here. So give me the over. Yeah, absolutely not. I'm going under. <laughs> I am going to the under. And it is the same handicap. Well, one, again, second game of back-to-back sack. I always like taking the under in that game, just saying that these two teams just played each other. They make defensive adjustments, make life a little bit harder. And also, New Orleans, really bad at scoring points on the road. Talk about it last time out. Really, really bad at scoring points on the road. Even last game, we said that take New Orleans team total under. They went and it was like one sixteen a half. Came in at one twelve. So I mean, so you have one twelve on the road in this game. Prior to that, they had one hundred eight in Sacramento. That's really crazy that one. You can't score more than one hundred eight versus Sacramento, who gives up one twenty per game. Ninety nine versus the Warriors. That's not good at all. You got that one twenty one versus Portland. Good job. Congrats to you. 106 against the Knicks, 110 against the Raptors, 
102 against the Lakers, 103 against OKC. Oh, my gosh. I don't even think we went that far back. 106 versus Dallas. That's really, really, really bad. 113 versus Denver. All right. I guess you got some out too there. 110 against Milwaukee. I think I could, I actually think I could truly do this all day. Like, I truly <laughs> believe that I could do this all day. 96 versus Miami. 110 versus Orlando. I'm still going, waiting to get past 116. Oh, man. All right. 103 versus Cleveland, 116 versus Detroit. Jesus Christ, guys. 114 against Boston. Oh, finally. There we go. Another one. All right. 132 versus Washington. So I don't know how many games I just listed, but they only got over 116 twice. So, yeah, I'm still going with the team total under on the road for the Pelicans. They can win this game without going over. And and because I'm taking the Pelicans team total under that means i'm liking the under for the game give me under 227 and a half all right any props that you like um Jalen green i like him over his points i think he had 25 or 26 against this defense um the pelicans i have no idea what they do on defense they should be a lot better um they were a lot better early in the season obviously they were healthier but uh, as of late don't think they have the team defense to be able to stop Jalen green and his od aggression um, love Jonas, uh, Jonas Valanciunas points and rebounds, no interior defense for Houston. Uh, he had 22 and 17 last game. Great matchup for him. So give me over his points and rebounds. I'll, while you give your handicap, I'll give the number. I didn't write it down. All right. And for, I mean, I'm on Brandon Ingram because Brandon Ingram went nine for 20 and still had 31 points. So, I mean, Come on, guys. <laughs> he went 9 for 20. He still had 31 points. So I think Brandon Ingram can still have a really good game. I think we see a more aggressive Brandon Ingram, a more effective Brandon Ingram. Jonas had 22 in that last one. 22 and 17, really good game. I like that Jonas play with, that you gave out. And uh, 24 and a half is, uh, is the points of rebounds. I like that a lot. Yeah. And then I'm still rolling with, CJ, with CJ assists. I'm probably going to SGP this game, honestly. I like – I mean – Taking Brandon Ingram, I wonder how many times that Brandon Ingram has cashed his over in points, CJ has cashed his over in assists, and Jonas has cashed his over in rebounds. It just feels like that's a trifecta that basically hits almost every single game for the New Orleans Pelicans, no matter how terribly bad they are. All right, moving on to the next. We got to hurry up. Wow. Uh, moving on to the next game of slate, we have the Toronto Raptors going to play the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks are late nine. 234 and a half is the total injury report for these two teams. And for the Raptors, we have uh, nothing really to report there. And for the Milwaukee Bucks, Brooke Lopez is probable. Grayson Allen is probable. Jay Crowder and Gordon Dragic are both out. And Thanasis Antetokounmpo is not with the team. Oh, shit. Wow. So... Open up at nine and a half. Now it's at nine. What are you doing here for the Milwaukee Bucks and the Toronto Raptors? Yeah, I lean to Toronto. Um, they're off the back-to-back with travel. I mean, that kind of scares me along with the fact that Milwaukee has a bad taste in their mouth from how they played against Indy, a less than, I guess, 100% uh, team of Indy. Um, the Lopez injury is kind of, like, evident whenever they don't have any presence on the inside. Um in back-to-back situations, Toronto is six and four ATS. Uh, they played a book close in both matchups this season, but uh, they had no Giannis or Chris Middleton in the second game, and no Middleton or Holiday in the first. So they haven't seen them at full strength. And I mean, they kind of won't get them at full strength now. I mean, their big three will be there, but you know, with Crowder and uh, Lopez hobbled, they won't get them at full strength. But I like the way the Raptors have been playing. They've covered three in a row, all home games. Um, they're fourteen and twenty-one ATS on the road, but sixteen and thirteen ATS as a dog. So I like the matchup for Toronto. Um, uh, it's, it's not horrible. I mean, they do have the wings and the bodies to be able to throw multiple looks at Giannis. Um, of course, you're not going to stop him. But uh, I think Nurse has some tricks up his sleeve to be able to neutralize him in some aspect of the game. So give me Toronto plus the points. I am going to take Milwaukee because I think Milwaukee is pissed off. Uh, you don't lose by what was that 16 16 I thought it was, wor- I thought it was worse than that 
Yeah, like you, you don't lose like that to the Indiana Pacers at home if you're Milwaukee and you think that you're just not going to come in with more in enthusiasm this next time out. I think that Milwaukee is pissed off. You have a Toronto team who is 14 and 21 against the spread on the road. They're catching a lot of points here, which is slightly concerning. But I, I think that this is an angry Milwaukee team that wants to come back here and really enforce themselves that, hey, this what happened yesterday, we got to figure it out. We got to nip in the butt because we can't have losses like that going forward, especially as we're about to try to go and make another run for the playoffs and for an NBA championship. So I like Milwaukee to get it done early. I like Milwaukee to get it done for the full game. I'll take them in the first quarter at minus three and say that yes. they just come out with yes. angry and a lot more intensity with the Toronto team that doesn't normally play that well on the road. And so I think that's my favorite play, Milwaukee first quarter. However, I do like Milwaukee for the game to just go out there and impose their will on the Toronto Raptors saying that, hey, we are not getting embarrassed like that at home again. And we are going to come back and we are going to make it up to the fans. And plus, you also have, again, if anybody is in this game and not watching Marquette, then you are 100% like locked into the NBA. So I think that the home atmosphere is going to be really, really good for Milwaukee. Or Wisconsin. Wisconsin's got Liberty today. They probably lose. Uh, nobody cares about Wisconsin. All right. Dang, man. Shout out to me and Scott. For the total. Nah, hey, Scott doesn't even care about Wisconsin. He uh, hates well, their coach. Never mind. All right. Yeah, I don't have anything for the total. I'd probably just lean to the, uh, lean to the over. Because if you think how uh, – if everyone's thinking like how you think that's – Milwaukee's going to score probably 130, 140. Um, so, yeah, I'd lean to the over. Yeah, I'm same thing for me. Anything else you have for this game, prop-wise, anything? Uh, no, I don't have anything. I will go chalk with Giannis. That's about it. And um, no, 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 no. I'll just go chalk with Giannis. No, no, no. I lied. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> OG, OG does. I was going to go Middleton, but OG does actually give me concern. Yeah, give me chalk with Giannis. All right. Next game on the slate, Clippers going to play the Portland Trailblazers. And uh, the line is at three and a half. Come up two points from opening up at one and a half. It's now at three and a half. And 235 and a half is the total. This should be actually really, really quick. We can fly through this. Uh, for the injury report, Brandon Boston is TBD. Norman Powell, you know, he's on IR for the Trailblazers. Grant is out. Nazir Little's questionable. All right. Blazers and the Clippers. Yeah, I don't trust either either team. I probably lean to the Clippers due to what I've seen from Portland. They don't look good at all. Uh, they are, let's see, they've lost five in a row, only covered once in that span. I am worried about the Clippers defensively. Last game, like the Magic got whatever they wanted against that defense they missed easy layups which is the reason why they only scored i think like 113 on them but the blazers they're giving up 120 plus in four of the last five games and they failed to score 110 in three of those five games so give me the clippers here uh i'll lean that way i just don't trust portland other outside of dame i mean they kind of block whatever so give me the clippers yeah, no, it already was reported that if they don't turn their season around, they're going to shut Dame down. This is a tanking team. It, it's pretty easy. I faded the Clippers yesterday, took the Magic hit on that. Going to come back, take Clippers here, get some good sharp movement in their favor, moving this line up two points with, I mean, I guess maybe that is a little bit of Grant, but it's a lot of good sharp movement on the Clippers here that I like. I'm going with the Clippers. I like the Clippers get it done on the road and still fight for a playoff spot. And that's probably going to be the loss that tells Portland that, yeah, we're going to go ahead and shut Dame down. So you're going to get a lot better lines on player props from everybody else and uh, fade Portland very, very well for the last two, three weeks of the season. All right. Anything else you like, side, I mean, total or player prop-wise for this game? Yeah, I'm, I don't really know about the total, I guess. I mean, the Clippers, although they didn't play well defensively, you got to assume that they, you know, be more locked in here. So maybe I'll lean to the under, but nothing strong at all. Yeah, I no. The only other thing that I think that I'll be interested in is I want some piece of the centers for the Clippers, maybe both, maybe one or the other. It depends where I see this line at. Let's see. Zubak is at nine and a half. I like that. 
But Plumlee normally comes in at like five, five and a half. And I think that's really good. Even if Zubat gets in, like even if they can get Zubat into foul trouble, I like Plumlee to be able to come in. He's been really, really good on the boards for them. I think that the Clippers will dominate the boards today. So I'm on the centers of the Clippers to have a really good day. And I mean, I know that this isn't a defensive matchup. But the overconfidence of Russell Westbrook seeing the Portland Trail Blazers thinking that they can't guard him just tells me that he's going to have a bunch of turnovers. Like, it, it just screams to me that he's going to turn the ball over foolishly. So I'm going to say Russell Westbrook turnovers again. I think that's at like two and a half at plus money. Hey, you, won't, you won't get any pushback from me going anything negative on Russell Westbrook. All right, let's finish this up strong. The Orlando Magic are still in our, in Los Angeles, coming off of a win against the Clippers to play the Los Angeles Lakers. Line opened up at six, now at six and a half. 230 and a half is the total. That's come down half a point from 231. Injury report for these two teams. And we have for the Los Angeles Lakers, Anthony Davis is probable. You know, Mo Bamba and LeBron James are on IR. They're not playing right now. Other than that, pretty clean for the Los Angeles Lakers and for the Orlando Magic really don't have anything because they just played yesterday. Uh, we'll see what Jalen Suggs' condition is. It, and other than that, yeah, Jonathan Isaac, we all know he's out for a while. All right. S- same line as yesterday, six and a half with yep. the Orlando Magic. Yeah, I probably just lean to the Lakers. Is AD in? Is he like, or is he just questionable? He's probable. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I like, uh, I like the Lakers here. Um, they blew a golden opportunity against Dallas. AD fouled a three-point shooter like a dumbass, and that just just deflated the whole team um, and got the Mavs back in that game. But I think they they this is probably a must-win game for them. And I mean, they can combat with some of the things that Orlando does as far as transition-wise. The Lakers are really good in transition defense. They protect the paint. Um, they're not going to get a lot of those easy looks as they as many easy looks as they did against the Clippers, who don't really have a rim protector. Uh, like AD, I mean, not a lot of teams do, but yeah, I like the Lakers here. I like the matchup for them. Um, they're ten and six, or oh, ten and eight. I'm sorry, ATS when they have rest advantage. So, and that's what they have here with Orlando being on the back to back. So, I think the matchup wise just leans to the Lakers. So, give me the Lakers, land the points on them. Um, yeah, I'm taking the Lakers because unlike the Clippers, they did. They're not going to overestimate or underestimate the Orlando Magic in this game by actually playing AD, whereas the Clippers said that, oh, we got the Magic on the schedule. Let's go sit Kawhi because we should be able to get this done without him. And they had no form of offense outside of Paul George in that game. And so here I am coming back again and taking the Lakers to fade the Magic. I liked them yesterday. I, AD, I think, is way too much for him. He really should have 40 in this game. He really, truly should. However, AD does AD things at times. But luckily for the Lakers, D'Angelo Russell's been playing really, really good ball for them. Uh, not 100% certain what we're going to get out Malik Beasley. Maybe this could be a Malik Beasley game. Maybe not. He's just kind of an up-and-down streaky player that I felt like would have a bigger contribution. But you still have Jaron Vanderbilt, who is really going to help them on the boards, Plumley and... Uh, Zubak had really, really good day on the boards yesterday. Zubak had 16 rebounds yesterday. So I think that Vanderbilt and AD will have a really good day on the boards and control this from tip to tip. Honestly, I think that this is a really, really good spot catching the Orlando Magic off rest. Lakers with rest. Lakers having to think about that uh, Mavericks buzzer beater that they took and how they blew that game. I think that they come back in here more focused. So I'm all over the Lakers in this spot, actually. I don't think I've laid six points with the Lakers all season, but I'm doing it here. So I'm telling you right now, as a Lakers fan, it's not going to be fun for you, but just don't watch it. Yeah, it'll, uh, it'll help you out. Don't watch it. I think I think this is I think this is a tip to tip wire to wire win for the Lakers. I think they 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 are really really focused in making sure that they get into this play in and secure a playoff spot. And they're still I mean they don't even if they can get one stretch like that's all they're looking for one run of games that can push them even out of the play in. So yeah, I like I really do like the Lakers in this spot. All right, anything else you have for this game, prop, or a uh, total-wise anything? I know I kind of gave out some props while I was doing my handicap. Yeah, no, I just like um, – I'm with you on, on Russell. Uh, I like his points and assists over 27.5. I think he'll be really good at distributing the ball here. Like Malik Beasley's threes over. Um, so he's going to he's gonna have some good looks. The Clippers got good looks yesterday, just weren't knocking them down. 
Um, so I like both of those player props. And as for the total, I'll just lean to the under. Um, I don't have anything strong. Yeah, I like under. Lakers, really good defensively. I think they're going to smother Orlando today. I like Orlando's team, tunner, team total under. I don't think that – excuse me. I really don't think that the Lakers are going to give them any opportunity. And I might actually take Lakers to an 11-plus win today by margin. All right. Next game. No, no more. That's it. That's the last game. So, before we get into our lock and dog, I got to talk to you about Shady Rays, the independent sunglass company that offers a world-class product. Andrew Robb has been singing the praises of Shady Rays, and I am all in. They have different types of premium polarized shades. They even have snow goggles that if you like going skiing in California, like Sean does, somehow Sean lives in California, decides that I want to go skiing in California. Now, if I was in California, I wouldn't go skiing. There's a lot of other things I would do. But Sean likes to go skiing. And when Sean went skiing, he had his shady rays with them. You should actually go to Sean's page and see the picture. The clear, the glasses were so clear that you could see his reflection in his camera from the glasses. Like it was like some Inception type stuff. It was pretty crazy. Shadyrays.com. Use code SGPN for fifty percent off two pairs of polarized sunglasses and try them for yourself because they are rated five stars by over two hundred thousand people at Shadyrays.com. Promo code SGPN. All right. Let's go lock and dog time. Delonte, what are you doing? I can't nobody hear yep, you. Yep, give me the Lakers land six at home. We just talked about it. Uh, that's going to be my lock. As for my dog, give me the Houston Rockets plus five and a half. Keep it short and simple. That's not a dog. Rockets on the money line is a dog, but plus five and a half. Well, is, yeah, well you know what I mean. Is, yeah, is regular money. Yeah, ha ha. Tried to get us. <laughs> All right. For my lock. I feel like I have a lot of pressure on me. <sighs> Do I lock up the Clippers? Oh, they're so bad. Hmm. How do I play this today? Let's go with... Eh, let's go with a first half play. Let's take... Not first half. Let's go with that first quarter play. Let's take the Milwaukee Bucks. I got them down to two and a half. That is where I feel comfortable with them under three. So first quarter, Milwaukee Bucks, two and a half minus 120. That is my lock. Expect them to have to come out there really, really pissed off that they lost. Even if Toronto does make a run towards the end of the game, I do think that Milwaukee can impose their will early. And for my dog, I mean, do we? I mean, oh, my gosh, you have so much to pick from, like, you can fade the heat as a 10-point favorite on the road. You can. You know what? We're feeling ourselves. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let's do it again. San Antonio Spurs, first half, money line, plus 220. All right. Let's say anything else for the people before we get up out of here. No, but if Cam Woods and uh, Duncan Powell are watching this, you shouldn't transferred. That's it. <laughs> Could have won this. Could have won a conference last next year. Now, well, there's a lot of uh, interior inside things that are going on with the Aggies organization that I understand why they transferred. I'll say that a lot of people are getting out of state of North Carolina nowadays. All right. Other than that, everybody, make sure that you follow the podcast on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe. It's all there. Scrolling at the bottom every time we're on the show. Make sure that you. Also, are leaving reviews. You guys talked about it. Hey, we gave you the weekend shows. Now leave the reviews. Leave the five-star reviews. You can even say bad things as long as it's five stars. Like, I really don't care what the words that you say. You could actually go in there, and if you sing Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and how the guy was just <laughs> tapping and hitting the keyboard, you could honestly do that, and I truly would not care as long as it's still five stars. So just go out there and drop a five-star review. Appreciate that. Other than that, I really have nothing else to say, nothing else to do, no other way of ending the podcast so we're just going to end it like this we are out of here